0: We here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast and G.D. Herring are hoping all of you are having a fun and safe summer. Over the next few weeks, we are going to air some previously recorded conversations as John, Nikki, Eric, and I will be out of town. Additionally, we are super excited to see our analytics prove our listening audience is growing, not just here in the U.S., but in other countries too. We are grateful for your support and thank you for joining us every Saturday morning. You can visit us at www.theclassiccarcorner.com. Lastly, we want to thank Springdale Automotive Centers for their generous sponsorship of our podcast. Springdale Automotive Centers are locally owned and professionally operated whatever you drive they service. Domestic, Euro, Classics, Diesel, Hybrid. Springdale's services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics. With four convenient locations, how may they be of service? Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel. And we are excited to welcome WHAS 11 anchor and Louisville native Doug Profit to our classic automotive theme podcast. Doug has brought his viewing audience some fantastic stories over his successful and rewarding career at HAS. And one of today's stories involves a ownership of a 1991 Jeep Grand Wagoneer. So, Doug, uh, start talking to us about your ownership here.
1: Well, Jason, I want to say hello to you and to to Eric and John. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. We we welcome you. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time. Anytime to talk about the Wagoneer um, because, as you know, uh, uh, the owner of a Wagoneer is proud to own them, but uh, you also better be very patient. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and you have to have a sense of adventure because they decide to just stop running out of the blue for no reason at any time at the worst time. <laughs> right?
0: Uh, we have I mean, I, I,
1: I've had it I've had to go off on, go out on on the end of the uh, this last let's see last summer the water pump and as a hot August day. Oh no! Blows right as we're getting off the Gene Snyder Freeway. Nice. Yep. This was two summers ago, and lo and behold, thank God. It was crusade weekend because I was going to get out of the wagon Wagoneer and go downtown to kick off the crusade. And there was the crusade firefighters right there in front of me. Gotcha. Uh, and they helped me push the thing off to the side and stayed with it until it got hauled away on a uh, uh, <laughs> like trailer. Yeah, but true. through all those years, uh, yeah, I've owned three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up with buddies who had uh, one friend um, who lived off of um off of river road. He had an international harvester scout
2: mm-hmm. my
1: other friend his dad loved he had the Jeep Laredo and then my my college roommate he had the Grand Cherokee, which was the big monster and then in the eighties his dad got a white grand wagoneer. Okay. Uh, and, and I know now why, uh, he got it because that was 1984 when they came out with the Grand Wagoneer. That's when they decided to rename it. It had been called the Wagoneer Limited okay. and they just, uh, you know, I, I think maybe they added a few bells and whistles
2: and okay. he got it.
1: And that's when I got to ride in one and, um, I wanted to own one as, as much as I could. And so one day after I'd been married for about a year, I saw one, um, on the lot of acura of louisville so this was about 1990 and it was a use um and the guy the guide, loved to travel and he put an extra 25 gallon tank on it so it had a little switch
0: oh okay right at the
1: bottom where you could switch back and forth to gas tank
0: right okay so yep. he
1: he could go across the country with very few stops because <laughs> okay. as you know the wagoneer doesn't like to pass gas right. stations no, he loves no. it. <laughs> it's, very it's thirsty
3: right. vehicle and <laughs>
1: And uh, he was the founder of Southern Optical, a man named Frank Sanning. So I was able to talk to him. I <laughs> called him and traced him down, and he said, oh, you should buy it. He had covered the leather seats with sheepskin covers. Wow. Oh, so I was nice. the first one, he said. He said, you will be the first one to sit on the original leather seats of that Wagoneer because I never oh. had them exposed. Okay. All right. Yep, yep. Um, And so – uh, little did my wife know i went and bought it and pulled it in the driveway she was like shocked what is this right 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 <laughs> so that was the beginning of the wagoneer i got you and what wagoneer, year what,
0: what year was that uh wagoneer that you bought that
1: one that one was an 89 i've okay, owned gotcha. a, an 89 and 291 okay. the one i have now which is a hunter green right is a 91 okay gotcha
0: so, um, and and I think we had had a discussion, the color of that 91 is more of a rare color than most of the other Wagoneers. That, that was the rarest color on that car, uh, 491, correct?
1: Well, I found that out. Um, I found that out by, I had, uh, when I was restoring this thing, I had kept it in the garage for 10 years because my wife, I actually got it. Uh, when my old, um, youngest son was born i wanted my wife to have a secure car and i bought it let's see i think I, yeah i bought it in 97 so it was a 91 houseman Jeep company had it the owner dan Dublin, called me at work and he said you got to come down here and see this thing we don't get many of these so i bought it and um, they uh, y- you know it, it it ran pretty well for a while but she had one that had to drive it and you know the steering when the power steering goes out on these things for whatever reason,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: if it were locked up, <laughs> right. it locks up.
2: Right. And
1: then and then and then the the fuel tank would be would constantly be telling you it was full when it wasn't. It was lying <laughs> to you. And after a few of these things running out of gas and and uh, locking up on ice and some other things, she said, "I'm done with this." Yep. But I kept it.
0: I got you. Well,
1: uh, and and so when we when I had it restored, the um, my original Jeep mechanic, he told me that the float device in that gas tank was actually partly cork.
3: Okay, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I
1: can't imagine. So, and that's why it was sticking. Right. Gotcha. Oh, wow.
3: So what led to the, I don't want to say the demise, but what led to the um, purchase of the next model? So you you had the the 91, I'm sorry.
1: He had the 89. 89. The, the 89. Uh-huh.
3: And then what was it that said, okay, I'm going to upgrade to the next model? What happened to one that well, led to tell the you, next I'll one? I'll tell
1: you what gave me the most fits in these things, and most, most Jeep owners may remember the VET test, vehicle Yes, oh, testing. sure, yeah. And the catalytic converter and all that, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't – I don't think they were meant to have them. I used <laughs> to have to take it to get serviced at Hausman's before I would take it to the VET test just to get it through the VET test. And um, the – the the brown one I had in the eighty uh, the eighty nine mm-hmm. just had a hard time with that and it, it finally gave up the ghost. Then I bought a silver one with burgundy red interior, mm-hmm. which was beautiful. Oh wow! Right. And this, uh, I worked downtown, so this doctor at University Hospital had seen it, and he just called me up one day, and and Hausman had told me, Doug, this engine and this thing, it's it, the. The thing was beautiful, but, but I guess the engine was really a mess, and, and and it was getting to the point. They said, you're just going to have to do a total rebuild or whatever, and the doctor wanted it, so I sold it to him. Um, when I got the green one, uh, the engine went out at about 125, 150. I had Houseman rebuild. The original engine and it is doing fantastic it's very a 200,000 now nice yep. uh the guy who services my jeep uh he now works out of his home and he rebuilt the engine that i have okay oh, so cool. um so he takes he takes really good care of it and uh so now you know we're now we're in the holidays but the great debate the great debate with the wagoneer always is this time of year and i'll throw the question out to you Do you go with the Christmas wreath on the grill, or do you not?
0: Um, I do not. Now, we're all about Christmas. Don't get me wrong here. But, no, I I just I do not put the wreath on the grill. But I tell you who does, and that would be our friend Tommy Hilfiger. So I don't know if you remember any of his uh, commercials that uh, involved his Grand Wagoneer, but you can YouTube it. It's called Feast Interruptus, and it shows this blue Wagoneer pulling up with the wreath in front of it, and about uh, 15 of his family members getting out of this, and they pull out this 20-foot-long table, and, uh, you know, Tom figure gets up and, you know, uh, makes a toast. Well, they and,
1: sold – I think they sold his thing at auction. And, oh, did
0: they? Uh, okay, well.
1: Yeah, like a top bidder. And uh, so so I, I've gone back and forth over the years, and I'm in a Facebook page, a Grand Wagoneer Facebook page, <laughs> right. which has been mm-hmm. – absolutely fantastic for me to to when i was restoring this thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: how do i get this part where do i who do i turn to for this what do you think about this the consensus there is most people are going with wreaths so okay. i went with i i did i have gone with a wreath this year and i gotcha. will tell you a funny story we actually went down and got our down to waterfront park get our christmas tree and we went we were out in it on saturday last saturday so i got it with that thing and i had him throw it on the top and i didn't really think about it so there we are going home and I thought I was in a parade because so many people <laughs> were honking at me and nice. giving giving thumbs up. Right. There's something about there's something about the uh, the wagoneer and, and you brought up hill figures mm-hmm. there, uh, Jason. Mm-hmm. I remember reading an article, I think it was in Fortune magazine. I would just never forget the line they said that the Grand Wagoneer, they thought, was one of the quiet landmarks of American automobile revolution. They called it a front runner of the SUV. Well, and it probably Um, was
0: because it was made from 63 to 91 with very minor changes.
1: Right. In fact, I have a note. I went back in the Jeep for your podcast, because I saved this one note. Some lady put it on my car. mm -hmm. In love with your Jeep, if you ever decide to sell... Please call me first. I've had an 84, an 88, and a 91, and now I'm in a Wrangler. I got
4: you. You know, it's so pretty determined. Right. It's so interesting you say that, Doug, because Jason comments all the time when he takes his Wagoneer out that people turn their heads when he goes to the gas station. They always walk up, but. to him and talk to him and want to know about it and hear the story behind it right yeah. so uh it's almost like a cult following it is. these the folks I that just a love guy
1: chase, chase me down on the gene snyder i was <laughs> going about 60 young guy in a subaru just to get up and right alongside of me to honk roll the window down and just to give thumbs up
2: oh
1: wow well. mm-hmm. uh, so something. something i thought that was pretty interesting it, the evolution of these where we stand today is what's fascinating to me the most because I like I told you guys I bought three of them and I don't think I, I think I remember paying five thousand six thousand maximum
2: mm-hmm.
1: for mm-hmm. each one of them mm-hmm. Now now today uh, in much older, you could sell these things for twenty five thirty thirty five you know and if they're in great shape, as you all are seeing, the price now is getting close to a hundred thousand dollars yeah the
4: value of these things are just increasing by the month
1: yep yep
0: it's it's it, well it's it's good for well, us i guess quir- right?
1: it's the it's the quirkiness of them that surprises me that I've ever kept up with it because uh you know the electronics system in them is awful. Mm-hmm. you know why do the automatic door locks decide that they'll work <laughs> on a Monday, but on Wednesday, only three of them work right or the or the rear rear window goes down when it wants to or periodically, but you know I can use the key in the in the key lock in the back of it and it'll always work
0: <laughs> right right um, yeah, that's exactly right yeah and and you had kind of hit the nail on the head earlier they 're so unpredictable. I remember it was um it was kind of a it was a warm day outside. I remember my wife and I decided we want to go for a drive we had dropped the kids off at my parents' house. I think we just paid the credit card off, so we're in the car. We're like, okay, this is great. We turn on the radio, lean Greenwood singing "God Bless America" or "God Bless the USA." <laughs> and if I don't see, if I don't look in the back of the rearview mirror, and there's just this puff of smoke, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, what in <sighs> the world's going on? You know. So turns out I had a radiator hose bust, but but these these things, as iconic and as fun as they are, yeah, they are unpredictable. And you you talked about the cork in the the gas um, uh, tank. You know, if if you accelerate, you got a full tank of gas. If you press hard on the brake, then your gas needle goes almost all the way down to empty. So, but uh, yeah, they, they are uh, temperamental in many ways, but they are sure fun to own. That's for sure.
1: Well, you know, I was looking at. Uh, there's a great article. It's on on Google. Auto Week uh, did the top 20 facts of the Wagoneer through the years mm-hmm. and. They, they not only just listed everything, uh, a lot of the dates, the key moments, but they showed the pictures of the Jeeps at that time and the advertisements that Jeep, AMC, Kaiser, they oh, were using gotcha. at the moment to match up with it. Nice. And in 84, you know, when the Wagoneer was named that, that was their peak year. They sold 19,000 of them. Mm. But by 1989, it had dropped to 10,000. Okay. Um, so they were going down, and, and back to – the color hunter green i did not know this at all I've never heard this The folks at houseman's i guess at the time they didn't realize how rare they were i mean mm-hmm. although when dan called me that day he said it's very rare i've never seen one come through here i um went to that grand wagon facebook page and posted a picture of mine uh, because i was asking for some help about something on it i wasn't saying it's for sale or anything mm-hmm. and i put my phone number at work on there and i was sitting at my desk and Phone rang and uh, I picked it up, and the guy didn't even say hello. He just said, "How much do you want for it?" Yeah. And I said, "Excuse me." <laughs> and he said, "The Wagoneer I'm looking at right now. How much do you want for it?"
4: How much said, do well, you got?
1: It's not for sale. <laughs> I was just asking. I was just asking questions. And he said, "Well, I'm in Portland, Oregon." Oh wow! And he said, "I okay. want." He said, "Do you realize? Do you realize what you have in your hands?" I said, um, "Well, I'm in the process of this restoration and all that. Uh, you know." Um, what do you mean? He said in 1991 they only made 150 of the 100 green coat. So it's 150. Uh, okay. He said, so so he said it's very very rare. Now when I uh when when I had engine issues with this thing and I stored it 10 years ago, fortunately I stored it in the garage and fortunately it missed the windstorm, the ice storm. Every bad snowstorm we had, which is ironic, mm, that you, you know this, this great jeep would mm-hmm. be sitting in through these storms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I pulled it out, it had a lot of dust on it, but it was um, its paint and all that other stuff was able to to survive that. And that. now I laugh because I won't take it out when it rains or right. if, if there's been snow down because of the way they salt the roads around here. Because rust is the worst thing uh, that hits these things. Right,
0: you're right. Absolutely, it does.
3: You know,
1: you had uh, Patrick Petrie on your, yes, on your podcast. Yes, we did. Pa- Patrick um, owns a beautiful, a, it's all black Grand Wagoneer with no wood. Mm-hmm. And the guy who services mine uh, was at Houseman's the day that Jeep was delivered. And I think I mean I probably need to call Patrick and tell him the story. He may know it. But that his Wagoneer was purchased by a local veterinarian for his wife, who's an artist, Okay. And he had it special ordered with no wood, um, and uh, w- what he owns is an amazing, amazing Jeep. And so this woman, she just drove it around uh, to art shows
0: and mm-hmm. stuff like
1: that. Mm-hmm. But he actually got it custom made um, in in that year that uh, that it was delivered.
0: And I believe Patrick's is a 1990, if memory serves me correctly.
1: It is. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
3: Well, let me, Doug. Let me just take a moment, real quick, and uh, ask our listeners to please check out our sponsor, GD Herring. GD Herring provides options on insuring not only your classic car but all of your collectibles. Please check them out at gdherring.com. And I think John wants to ask
4: you a little more about the family life uh, owning the Wagoneer. So I think I know the answer to the question just by the description of the many quirks that you've had and experiences with things not working and things like that out of the blue, but I was, you know, it's such a family car and you look back in the eighties, everybody was doing the family vacations or driving to Florida. Did you ever uh, take you and your family? Did you ever go on a little family vacation in the Wagoneer or do you normally just keep it to drive around local?
1: Oh, we did. And in fact, I laugh now. I can't imagine Imagine driving it the distances we took it to <laughs> Carolina, a lot i i we Charleston and we went to Charleston, South Carolina, and back twice um and um so the the boys, my two sons actually grew up in these, like I said, I bought mm-hmm. one of them so that we would we actually brought him home in the hospital in the green one. my other son. Uh, my oldest son was crawling on the desk of houseman's as I was trying to sign the paper and And they're handing him toys, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, your dad can't sign this, you know, and he's crawling all over the place. (laughs) So, um, they get in like my one son after I had, my youngest after I had restored it and that, and he had been away from the house for a while and he came back and got in it. They were so thrilled to see it again. He got in it. And I said, well, Seth, what do you think? He, He said, well, he says it still smells like the dog and old cigars. <laughs> <laughs> it as it should. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> as, as it should. So we, we, and my wife and I were this Saturday, we, um, you know, because, because we're in COVID world where everybody goes carry out and we, we, we hike a lot in the weekend. So we get carry out and we had to, um, you take my car not the Wagoneer this time and it's it's awful for tailgating and all that and we cuz that tailgate and the Wagoneer is just amazing you mm-hmm. flip it down and you sit there on it and we said, we actually said that it was brilliant the way they made the things cuz it's perfect for going out to picnics or you know the the kids camped inside of it a lot, a lot. um and uh, yes yes we did drive it around all the places and thank God it never had any issues uh, when we were on those long road
4: trips. Oh, no, that is good. Yeah, that is good. J- j- just
0: poor gas mileage, right?
1: <laughs> oh, awful gas mileage. <laughs> but right. for some reason, it all the, the only time the thing would act up would be my when my wife was driving it. And it was her primary car. I mm-hmm. got it for her. And it would just do the damnedest things that would be puzzling me, and I'd be on the phone with her because cell phones were starting to come in
2: mm-hmm.
1: trying to figure it out. And most of the time, it would be related to either that catalytic converter would go out um, or that uh, float assembly. In every single one Mm. of them, we had those issues. Right, right.
0: I haven't had any catalytic converter problems yet, Uh, but, um, you know, so far, knock on wood, you know, uh, it it takes... Take, takes a couple of cranks to uh, get her up and and running and uh, uh, smoothed out, but uh, once it 's up and running at operating temperature, that car is really a a, a fun car to drive. And a lot of people comment you know um, i 've had some younger kids in that car, and they 're like, Look, you can actually see a hood in front of you because all the today 's cars they slope down, so you, all they really just see is a windshield and a street, and then here you have this long hood with the hood ornament on on the uh, at the end of it, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, they are—they are, they are certainly—and uh, then no no blind spots. They always talk about uh, you know the, the cars pretty much just uh, the,
3: the windows on that car are like a greenhouse almost. Oh, I mean it, yeah, it's, yeah visibility on that thing is amazing.
1: You know, it's it, looking at those old photos that I saw of the progression of the uh, of the Jeep and how they changed it. When they renamed it the Grand Wagoneer originally, that that great hood ornament wasn't on there. Uh, according uh, you know some of the from the ads that are they that they published in that article that i saw mm-hmm. and so that must have come sometime at between 84 and 91 and i um when i was driving it more often i had i had a kid i think one time that may have happened twice just yanked the hood ornament off
0: oh no. and
1: okay. um yeah and thankfully at the time because the the jeep dealership was open they easily replaced it you know they I had see. them mm-hmm. and you could put it in there but i always worry about where i park the thing now
0: right right <laughs> no no yeah, you're right exactly uh,
1: uh, be- uh, you know because of that and so um back when i was using it a lot we were doing more off-road and four-wheel driving and all that i put some tires on it that are um pretty durable for that but I think probably what my next step will do is I'll probably go back to the uh, white walls uh, because they're the traditional, what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and try to get it back to that look.
3: I got
0: you. Yep. We're talking about
3: the What collect- do you
1: think of that, Jason? Have no, you done that? No, or no, I, no
0: mine, are, mm-hmm. mine do not have the white walls, but I know that look, and it is classic, and yes, I do like it. Yeah. So see, I, I would put, put those Wrangler Dunlop, GTs. Dunlops. Oh, okay, gotcha. Dunlops. I think I've got Michelin's on, on mine, but no white walls.
1: Well, um, just to give you show you you know the, how how the timeline goes, the just before Houston's closed is a Jeep dealership, and of course for people who are listening just want to know where it is that that was the original Jeep dealership downtown. It's mm-hmm. now Feast Barbecue on Market Street, mm-hmm. but they use Southern Tire, which is just a few blocks down on Market. Southern Tire is still open. And they put the Dunlop tires on it.
0: Gotcha. And
1: kid you not, those things sat in my uh, garage for 10 years through all the changes of the air and all that kind of stuff and stayed in remarkable shape and mostly inflated.
0: Oh, wow. I've never seen
1: a tire like that. Yeah, they didn't go flat.
0: Ah, nice. Nice. Um, Also, Doug, just real quick, uh, I've got to know, how many people have you packed in your Grand Wagoneer? (laughs) I've had 18.
4: <laughs> You've had eighteen You've in years. really wow well,
0: I mean most of them well, are I've smaller had, kids I've, but yes.
1: We've had couples, we took couples back back when we were we'd go down to Kentucky football games to uh tailgate. Um I, I probably okay, two in the front obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh Probably four in the back, and then two in the very back. Gotcha. So that's as not that's as much as I've had. Right. Well. And then we would do that with the boys and their friends, and then add a dog in there. So that. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. You got to have the dog. Yeah, absolutely. He's part of the family. But I actually, I actually took it when I, uh, as part of the, just my piecemeal. You know, you go through week after week of getting this thing restoration. You get it back, mm-hmm. and that uh, the carpeting. Uh, even though I had it in in the garage for ten years, and, and my garage is really basically an old horse barn that's been retrofitted, mm-hmm. uh, a mouse never got inside. Nice. Now they Good. built a nest in the insulation under oh. on the inside of the hood. Right, but right. not okay. one mouse got inside that place. That, okay. and it would have been a perfect place for it oh, to sure. live. Absolutely, yeah. But um, so I took it over to um, Coit mm-hmm. on Crittenden Drive right after I picked it up, and I said. I just want you guys to just steam clean it. They, they looked at me a little puzzled. They'd never had anybody come over there and ask them to do their the carpeting of their car. Um, and so the guy had to figure out the price, and he was pretty fair about that.
2: Mm-hmm. But that
1: was smart. I'm glad I did that because what it did is it really lightened up that carpet back, to the which is sort of that shag, right. faux shag, oh, I sure. guess. Yep,
0: that's right. They,
1: they always laugh about it. Yep, yep. Um, and – uh you know I've just come across some great characters there was a guy in Montana and I, I I'm trying to remember the name of the Jeep company uh, he 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 had a graveyard of Grand Wagoneers and Jeeps up there and he's an old character and he he has sent me hubcaps he has sent me um there's a little if if you if you look at the top of your Jeep you'll have like gutters mm-hmm. that run along there are these little silver gutters but mm-hmm. there's a little there's a little um, one that bends to connect the two gutters right, right. by the windshield yeah well that was missing on one of mine and he was able to get me that very oh, little specific part gotcha for both sides okay. i went and you know when you can buy, buy as many as you can because you never know how much when the some of these <laughs> right. parts are just going to go away oh, exactly. what do you do for your parts
0: you know, uh, there uh, there is a website uh, called Team Grand Wagoneer out there that uh, I use it a lot. Okay, so I'll get on that. Refer to that. Um, I've got some uh, local mechanics uh, that uh, up at Springdale Automotive, um, to name a few. That uh, they're great, especially on the carbureted cars. They've kept that car really running well, and uh, so so. But no, for for parts, I generally go to the Team Grand
1: Wagoneer website. Have you had trouble getting them lately? I mean, uh, I there's that one in BJ's off-road which is amazing mm-hmm. that the of the collection of the specific stuff that they have right. for these vehicles which are now you know now are now really fading as far as the originality is
0: concerned. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, Uh so far so good. Uh, I haven't had any problems with getting um you know uh, I, I did replace a carburetor um so but I didn't have any problems finding the carburetor or, um, the adapter plates to it or anything like that. Um, you know, this car primarily, fortunately at this point, knock on wood again, is that, you know, the power locks, power windows, um, have all worked all the time. I do have one actuator that sticks a little bit, but you hit the the unlock button four or five times it put in the other. Uh, it uh, eventually pop up, <laughs> yeah, <it'll> pop up. <laughs> right yeah right it's like it's like playing, playing a, a pinball machine <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly there you go so and, but, and, it,
3: and it sounds very close to it as well
0: yeah you're exactly right but uh but, yeah. it always reminds me of the arcade yeah the yeah. very
3: strong actuators for a door lock
0: yeah right exactly <laughs> the only thing that is not working. I do have an um, an overhead console and I don't think that the, when I first bought the car back in 09 the um, temperature uh, it was uh, it was either the temperature or the compass it had I forgot. But the quartz the little quartz uh,
1: I believe have oh, I know I know what you're talking yeah, about. It it's, yep. it's mine shot now too. Gotcha. I mean, it occasionally flickers to life. Oh, does it? Okay. And, and yep. I think, "Oh my gosh, it's going to work." And right. then it just goes away
0: yeah yep. and
1: the fact that they even tried it's so laughable mm-hmm. to have an auto an uh, an auto unlock for a, you know keyless entry for that car. Uh, on these things mm-hmm. when 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 they can barely get the automatic windows to work right it, <laughs> just, <laughs> it just cracks me up <laughs> <laughs> and and to hear a Jeep mechanic who's really worked on these things talk about the electronic wiring, they said it just mm-hmm. makes no sense. Right. And they've shown, you know, I've looked, I've peeled back the panels and looked at it. I mean, it looks like spaghetti.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But, but um, yeah. So you know, you know, they sold new, I think, for thirty-five thousand. So they were at the top of the line at the time. Yeah. uh and, and yet I just – I reflect now, and I think, gosh, thirty you, you paid 35000 for something like that, and that was back in 1984 dollars. Mm-hmm. And essentially, um, there's a lot on the car. There's a lot there's a lot of built-in lemon status on it. I mean there's a lot of lemon on these things. Mm-hmm. You really have to be a special person just to love these things, mm-hmm. and I guess and it's mostly for their ruggedness, and when they do work, there is nothing better. You're oh, exactly my God. right. You're well,
4: exactly the right. 1980s and, and 90s were not the uh, the greatest automotive years for America. <laughs> but <it laughs> quality wise, oh no, <laughs> yeah. no. And I used
1: to say in the snow, I, I do think there's a certain temperature that the Jeep loves the best, and I think that's anything from 50 down to 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. Between 30 and 50 degrees, it hums. And I do used to – I used to tell people that when they said, how's that thing in the snow? I said it basically says yum, 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 yum <laughs> as it goes to the snow. Right, yeah, That's, right. that's, what, it's, that's yeah. what it sounds like, and that's what it's doing. Mm-hmm. It is in heaven. And, and remember in the 90s, we were getting some of our best snowstorms. Mm-hmm. Of course, 94 is our all-time record. Right, snow. right. I remember that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, that's right. And, and one of the unique features about uh, that Jeep is that you can, you know, you can be going 60 miles an hour and just flip it into four wheel drive. You don't have to stop it or put it in neutral or any or lock the hubs. like You don't have to jump out and lock the hubs. Nope, do nice not. Guy. Yep, just a, just a switch. Right, remember,
1: remember the option they called, and uh, this was one of those facts that I came across. In 1972, that's when they introduced Track. Okay, right. And it was user-friendly, they said at the time. They said that that was when they stopped making you get out of the car and and lock in the Mm -hmm. the hubs there on the outside, and they did that little switch. And I love that. That little switch is fun because you can hear sort of that suction sound or whatever that sound it makes when you flip it over. Right, right, right. it tells you it's engaged. Mm-hmm. That's right.
3: Well, they said when this, when that came out, that this vehicle is what really ushered in the luxury SUV era. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was... It's
1: considered the granddaddy, and 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 I've seen that said a lot with the new Grand Wagoneer that's coming out. Which, you know, I'm I'm a purist like you are, Jason. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you are too, Eric and oh, yeah. and John too. And uh, so. You know, I, I think what I think what Jeep's doing with the new Grand Wagoneer is basically an excursion. It's it's coming back into the line that Ford got out of when they had mm-hmm. the Ford Excursion. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I don't like it, but um, I I you know I I don't know what the I, I do look at the guy down in Texas, the guy down in Kerrville, Texas, Leon Miller. I, mm-hmm. I love to look at that website just to see how the prices
0: it's a great keep website. going up. Right, they do. They sure do. You
3: know, we're looking at a picture of that 2020 uh, image of the, the new Jeep Grand Wagoneer, and I'm looking at it, and it seems like a, just a modified Grand Cherokee. Just a little bigger of a Grand Cherokee, what a Grand Cherokee probably should be. But it's not the Wagoneer. And I'm thinking both you and Jason can appreciate this, because I thought about this. It's like If they're going to do a 2021 new model, you take what you both have, you add in a panoramic sunroof with a little sunshade, throw in the tech, and put a little more reliability in the wiring structure, you're done. (laughs) Because that thing is made out of steel, Mm -hmm. it's built like a tank, and it's meant for Colorado, it's meant for the Rockies, it's meant for cold weather driving, it's meant... I mean, you just make it a little more reliable. You have it; it's got a timeless look to it. That's my opinion. You're what right, do you guys and, think? That,
1: and that well, you're right, and that because that guy who who designed it the, from Jeep, and I've forgotten his name now, he has been bombarded with questions, and he's answered them honestly. Why didn't you throw us one model with wood on it?
3: Where's the wood paneling?
1: And I think it was the chairman of the, of, of whatever Fiat has it now. And they said they they asked they absolutely did discuss it and he took it off the table on purpose. Huh. I bet I they come out with
4: a special edition or an option to put the yeah. the panel on. Oh,
1: you know it'll it'll have to. Yeah, because they can make they'll make that's the one that will go over the top. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. one that will sell the most for them. Is uh, if they try to replicate what's out on the road now. Yeah. Um, right. All they have to do is go out and see. You know, they could they could hop in jason's jeep and drive him drive around louisville and see how people react i mean right then and there right uh so they know they have something on their hands there's not, there's not many cars that bring them back nostalgia like that i think ford's done a great job with their bronco i agree with that. rebirth mm-hmm. yeah um but uh you know you had um on one of your earlier podcasts i think it was a george adams oh uh, yeah george um and he talks about his Falcon wagon. Well, if you look at the ads on the Falcon wagon, the station wagon, it looks at first glance like a wagoner, just a lower profile. It really does. It does. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. It's got the you know, the the thick glass and everything's pretty much in line, yeah. you're exactly right. George's
4: Falcon was a, a really cool car.
0: It was a beautiful car.
4: Well, you know, you make up a good oh, point I, there about I, that Bronco.
0: I would love to mm-hmm.
3: that when that Bronco Bronco comes out, it seems like it they really put Jeep to the test because you have jeep at the wrangler they've done a few mods with it but they've kind of become really complacent to their line now ford's coming out with the bronco that seems to be a wrangler a legit wrangler competitor and it's really shaking it up a bit and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's awesome
1: yeah, yeah it is it is shaking up a bit and um you're tapping into you're tapping into the nostalgia market which is big right now because mm-hmm. of what everybody's been through for the past year they want it to be the the way it was when they had great memories. And a lot of these cars are associated with that. And, of course, you know, Jason, the reason why we have so many uh, much younger people caring about the Wagoneer now is because of the way it's been portrayed in these real popular movies. I mean, right, right. We, we drove through a neighborhood, I think it was off Mockingbird Valley, and these kids, these little kids, five of them um, – Probably six, seven, eight years old we're all playing in the yard and we just happened to drive by and one little boy pointed at the jeep and then they said, come on guys and they started chasing after us, running down the street behind us I was looking in the rearview mirror there they are <laughs> all in a line and they were chasing it well and that's because they've seen it in movies
0: mm-hmm right, right yeah the great outdoors is one of the one of the movies that comes to mind definitely yeah. when, when you think of the great john Greg candy War, Joe, loading yeah. it up uh, yeah absolutely,
4: absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah they're they're just they they are absolutely iconic that is for sure
1: well the thing that you know after the the first jeep is your sort of break in okay what what have i got here what what is this thing really doing by Jeep number two, I understood the quirks. I mean, I could actually be driving it, and I could – it would uh, – something would click, or something would, you know, sort of a little bump, or, mm-hmm. or I'd feel – I, I could hear it. Mm-hmm. I knew something was coming up, which wasn't good. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> there were – I'll never forget several times hearing this noise, knowing – a certain noise, knowing, okay. I've got a few – I've got a limited number of minutes here. I'm going straight to Houseman. Right. And I would do that on my way to work.
2: That's right. I would
1: go straight there and go, oh, my God, something's going on. And they go, well, we're glad you got it here, Doug, because it's getting ready to go out with this or that.
0: Exactly. And
1: um, after a while, uh, I appreciated that because I sort of knew – I sort of knew what to do if I was on the interstate or whatever, and the engine was going to do something. Of that mm-hmm. I'd stay close to the emergency lane, make sure I was in the right lane, yep. so I could get off really fast. There, One time, mm-hmm. the worst experience I think I had because of the of the uh, pressure on it for me was uh, we had a. Uh, Saturday, we created a Saturday morning news a long time ago when cartoons were on, we, we decided to do a long newscast, four hour newscast. And now it's commonplace on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. And I was anchoring that at the time we debuted it. Mm-hmm. And so that meant on Friday night, I'd get up early. I I'd get up, uh, go to bed early get up very early and go downtown. And, uh, I was driving, I believe it was probably the silver one at the time, um, and uh, it ran out of gas on seventy-one, uh, and of course, my, my my gas gauge said I was full. <laughs> uh, so I'm in the middle. I'm supposed to be on the air. I was Jeez. single anchor there, so nobody else was in there could do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was before cell phones,
2: mm. so
1: it ran out. It ran out right about where, um, um, let's see, it was sort of near Holiday Manor. Okay. Uh, maybe in that general area. But Mm -hmm. to get to Holiday Manor, I had to get out of the thing, climb up over the berms, climb up over the, (laughs) you know, hop the rails uh, to get up to either the lime kiln or whatever, and then get over there and get on the phone. And I had enough time that I was able to call my wife, who brought a, a tank of gas. We had to fill it back up, and then I got to work still on time. But oh, nice. that—that's crazy, right? Most people after that would say, "I'm done with yeah, this." Yeah, right. Uh, I'm
4: calling in sick. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've, I've got to sell my truck. Do, <laughs> I'll call it. I'll see you in here in a little repl- bit. Yeah, they would replace the flo- the float assembly, and that with the same cork parts or whatever so it would go along great for a while and then start eroding and get stuck at the top right no
0: that's exactly right
3: (laughs) it's one of those vehicles that it's unique it doesn't have all the the computers and stuff on it so when you're driving it you're intimate with it you know what it sounds like and like you were saying you hear hmm that's a new rattle what does that mean i do <laughs>
1: love that i can i do love that i can change the oil on it put a new uh put an oil filter on it that mm-hmm. i can figure out i know where the air filter is
0: mm-hmm. that i can
1: do the basics anytime i want yeah yep. um you know i i do love that it it, it just it, it there are certain things like the uh the oil the plug the oil plug on the um the oil pan you know they tell me they tell me down at uh, Houseman's or whatever. They say, well don't ever let a don't ever let a a Valvoline or a fast place do it. And I said, why is that? Because they'll strip out the oil plug. You got to do it just right. It has to be handled just,
2: just right. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you're kidding me. I can't <laughs> even pull into a normal place to have the oil change. Right. The
3: kids today don't understand just a little past snug.
1: Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah right exactly. they, yeah if they'll strip it yep. if they strip it, that means you're going to leak oil all over the place, continuing right. yeah, and, and don't so uh um, that. thats but sure. but I, as far as I'm concerned, it's not a jeep if it isn't burning oil or leaking oil. <laughs> right <laughs> jeeps <laughs>
3: jeeps don't jeeps leave their mark yeah they that's... don't they don't leak they leave the mark mm-hmm.
1: They leave right. a mark. That's a great way of looking at it. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's My right. Wrangler
3: was never allowed in anybody's driveway, but I always parked on the street, and it always said, hey, Eric was here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic that's fantastic. Yeah.
0: Well, Doug, before we wrap up just real quick on uh, one last story here on my side, and then please, by all means, because we want to hear about your most memorable story in this car before we wrap up. But, uh, I, I unfortunately did get pulled over in this, uh, Wagoneer. Um, we were late for one of my son's basketball games and, uh, there was a Uh, undercover cop on the side of the road in his mustang and um, i saw him engage in gear before he passed uh, before i passed him and i'm like okay here we go so i get pulled over on the expressway i've got my wife next to me i've got my three boys in the back we are in the grand wagoneer and i kid you not about three minutes later i get a text and about twenty seconds later, there's another text, and then another twenty seconds. Jason, is that you? Is that you, Jason? <laughs> is, are you okay? Is everything okay? So, 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 in other words, if if we're ever going to rob a bank, we're not going to use a grand wagon. Don't take the grand wagon <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> so So, so, Doug, what? what uh, lastly, here, what 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 was one of your most favorite memorable memories in this thing?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you the. You know, favorite memories has to be going down to uh, places like Bernheim Forest and others and and just picnicking, camping Mm -hmm. with it. Uh, Favorite memory is it running well all day long without one kick up <laughs> right. uh,
3: and what year my favorite, was that memory
1: <laughs> A favorite memory is 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 getting it after i had turned it over to be restored to my the guy who's worked on it for uh, he had it for a full year is the day i got it back got into it and uh and uh and drove it and it was just fantastic and uh but uh i guess I guess my favorite saying, the one that I've never forgotten from here on out, and the one that I will never forget, is what he told me, and that is, "Doug, just make sure that the fuel tank never goes below the halfway mark." That's <laughs> Exactly if it does, what you're I toast. Did. You're, you are
0: exactly <laughs> right. The, the pitch of that car makes all the difference.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I am. I am a compulsive. Filler upper of the gas tank,
0: right?
1: And you know what? What is it? A fifteen gallon tank?
0: I think so. That's about I mean, it. Yeah, is
1: it fifteen or twenty? So, you know, normally if I put in six gallons, I go, "Oh, that was that was a big weekend." I'll tell my wife <laughs> that was a big weekend. But the other day when I put in ten gallons, I said, "Uh oh, we were we were living on borrowed time this time."
4: <laughs> Pushing <laughs> your luck. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right.
3: Well, Doug, tell us tell us a little about what uh, as we're closing up here. Uh, some of the things that you're doing right now. Uh, let let folks know about uh, your podcast uh, and your other your activities that you have going on right now.
1: Well, I I do have a, a podcast through WHAS 11. It's called the Profit Report, and I um, I interview uh, different folks in that. I mean, I I would do one with you guys. I, it would be a fun one to do. Um, a lot. Uh, with with uh, recently with COVID and the racial unrest that we've been experiencing in Louisville, done that. Uh, that's on mm-hmm. uh, on the places where you find your 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 podcast, the same spots, Spotify, mm-hmm. Spreaker, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've had a good reaction to that, especially the ones that we've done with uh, with uh, COVID. But I I think that um, uh, you know as we as we're gonna. Gear up for 2021. We're already in the planning stages of the vaccine. That's going to be the big, the Mm -hmm. big story. How does it get done? Uh, What kind of system will we have for everybody to get the COVID vaccine?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And so, as far as the future is concerned, um, that's going to be a big, big deal. Uh, You've got uh, what I hear. What I saw this morning: Queen Elizabeth is. Said I'm I'm getting the vaccine.
2: Mm-hmm. You've
1: had president you have presidents Barack Obama, George Bush, and Bill Clinton say I'm going to get the vaccine, along with with Anthony Fauci. And so you're going to have that. You're going to have that interesting uh, mix of who's going to step up to get it and how that will play out. I remember back in the when the flu vaccines were coming out back in the 70s. You know the big question was, would President Gerald Ford get the flu vaccine? And uh, that was a big deal, you know, nailing him down to, would you take the flu shot? Mm-hmm. And eventually he did. And so that's how far we've come since, uh, you know, since the 70s. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: I'm glad we've got the, the know-how and the science and technology and to all the frontline workers that are out there. Uh, we certainly absolutely appreciate everything they've done for us, too. But, but the- back
1: to the, you know, back to the wagon here, it's a strange thing, you know. On the When the weekend comes around, I can't wait to pull it out. I hate Having to put it back in at the end of the day, Uh, it's 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 strange how you can relax in a vehicle that you wonder every second is it going to go the next mile. Exactly.
3: (laughs) Wait a minute, are we talking about Volkswagens now? Because I can chime in here. My, I think (laughs) it's my my my
1: my dad. Growing up, he had one of those little white vw bugs with the red interior mm-hmm. and i he's an old football player i don't know how he ever fit in that thing <laughs> but i remember him talking about how awful the it was right <laughs> as far as dependability
3: it's a very it's a very odd relationship that we have with him, and uh you know my v8 or it's a v7 it depends on what day it is how it wants to act but <laughs> right Back to the Wagoneer. I, I digress. Yeah. I
1: digress. So, <laughs> so you have to you, you have to tell me, Jason. I'll mm-hmm. ask you sure. a question before you you all wrap it up too. Sure. Is I've got the rebuild engine. Okay, f- mm-hmm. if it goes away finally, I don't know that you can rebuild it a third time. What are people putting in these Wagoneers? Uh, I keep seeing. Uh, you know, I'm on this Facebook page, uh, Chrysler engines and stuff like that. Is that what they're doing? Are they putting brand new? type of engines in these old jeeps since these these engines are going away
0: right well you know actually that is a good question and regrettably i don't know if i've got an answer now as far as the engine rebuilds i would say they would be able to rebuild it as long as it can continue to be bored out and 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 that kind of stuff and of course for the purists like you and i uh we you know we want we want that three sixty block in those cars um you know it, it could could somebody uh drop in a three fifty Chevy in that thing and and weld the hood shut? Maybe I have no idea, but uh in my opinion um you know i would I would try to keep it as stock and as number matching as possible uh but uh i i haven't had to go that route yet, which is good my my car only has sixty eight thousand miles on it, so um, I don't know. Or that's uh, original? Those are original. Yep, yep. So that that's... That, it's, oh, wow. A, it's a, it's wow a, you're, yeah, that's a, a great knowledge. one. Yeah. Now, I do know that I think there are some uh, electric fuel pumps that these guys are putting on some of these cars, uh, to, you know, just to get rid of the manual choke. And I think it may be even may be converted over to fuel injection, but I'm not sure. But as far as any, uh, um, you know, uh, Chrysler... um um swaps i don't know about that
3: no ls swap no ls swap yet no yeah, right, <laughs> you know, right
1: right you're yeah. you're always you're always thinking down the road with these things yeah, how absolutely you have you know, to how yeah. uh, Keep how am i going to handle the next challenge
0: right that's exactly right well doug i cannot thank you we cannot thank you enough for your time here tonight with us this has just been a fantastic conversation oh, i loved it and uh we we certainly appreciate uh you doing this we invite you back. Yeah, we would love to have you back. We, it sounds like there's plenty more content for sure. Uh, but um,
1: well, I'm sure there will be many more adventures, new adventures to tell you about. I hope they're all good. Right? Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes no, even it, the it, bad it, adventures
4: jumping. turn good.
1: Yeah, that's right. They do. They, I, you're right. It, it's to the point now we debate should should we. Should we take it to Shelbyville? Well, that might be pushing it. (laughs) Lexington, no way. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yep, that's
0: just a little too far. (laughs) That's great. But, um, yeah, and, and, uh, you know, for our listeners of the podcast, please like us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe so you are notified of new shows. And please leave us a review because your reviews are the most powerful way you can help us reach more people. Uh, And, again, Doug, thank you. Uh, We certainly appreciate your time here tonight with us.
1: Well, thanks for inviting me, guys. I've listened to your all uh, your shows, and for people who love cars, it's really it's fascinating to dive into the details. You've got you've had some great characters well, on there. So yeah. Keep up, well, keep up you. the good work. Podcasts sure are the way to go. Yeah.
4: Yeah, thank no, you. We appreciate so you, you listening.
0: Yep, yeah. thank you,
4: Doug.
1: All right, merry
0: Merry Christmas merry to you all. Christmas merry to Christmas to you as well. You. Thank you.